The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thursday edition of PFTPM. During football season, that means it's a joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by our friends at Verizon. With that, I turn the microphone over to Christopher David Sims because he barely, thanks to what ultimately was the fluke 70-yard touchdown pass from Trace McSorley to Hollywood Brown, he beat me against the spread and also secured the right to drive the bus because... But for that touchdown, we would have had a tie across the board, and I would have won the right to drive the bus because I would have been closer to the total points scored. But no, Trace McSorley and Hollywood Brown, you had to screw up my day. Thanks for nothing. You can never underestimate that McSorley to Brown combination, man. You missed out on that one. (laughs) Seriously, that was amazing. It really was. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing how close our week was in general last week. Um, and hey, on the season, we're still doing some good things. And most importantly, you're above 500 on best bets for the year. I'm three games behind you in that category, um, winning the other two categories, but I'd like to win all three and I'd really like to win that category. I feel good today. I don't know how you feel, but as always, we get into these picks. They are provided by us by points bet Sportsbook. We appreciate their support, their money and their sponsorship. Um, all right. You ready to kick this thing off? Get into some football here? Let's do it. You sure? Let's do it. You Let's good? go to Thursday night's game. Oh. Thursday night's game. Here oh, we go. Hey, oh. Thursday night's game. Oh, that's hey. right. Damn. No yeah. Thursday night game. That's such a letdown, uh, seriously, especially for me because it's really my Friday night and that kind of just throws a wrench into my plans. So um, now I don't know what to do with myself. But we do. Oh, I know what you'll be doing. Well, you're right. It just Now there's nothing to slow me down. It's just go, 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 go. <laughs> that's the problem. All right. Now. We got Sunday. Got a a good matchup here. I'm excited for this. It's under the radar. It's not going to be like leading the highlight shows on Sunday. But the New Orleans Saints, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons D was great last week. They gave the the Saints offense some issues a few weeks ago. Um, Over, under at 45-and-a-half. I might have already said that. But, Mike, where are you going on this one? It was 24-9 a couple of weeks ago. And it was a run-based offense for the New Orleans Saints in Taysom Hill's first-ever start. So many questions about whether or not he would be able to get it done. He did get it done. And we talked earlier on PFT Live that, hey, the Falcons, this time around, probably going to load up to stop the run, force Taysom Hill to pass. But you know what? Until the Falcons can figure out the suffocating Saints defense, which is becoming more and more confident every week, it's not going to matter. So pick your poison, Falcons defense. Falcons offense, no poison to pick. You're done. It's over. I think the Saints defense more than good enough to secure another victory. Saints moving toward the number one seed in the NFC. Saints win 23-14. to 14. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, you said I think you hit a lot of the main points. You know, the Falcons D under Raheem Morris, I think they will sell out even more this time around to just basically go, hey, listen, 
Taysom Hill, you threw the ball okay in your first start against us. The second start, the Denver Bronco game, was a little troubling. I, I, I can't lie. It was not good by Taysom Hill. Yeah, he missed open throws. He didn't get off of the first read at times and go like, hey, first read's not open. Let's get to the second guy. There's other plays where he doesn't look at the first read and went right to the second read, and I'm going, hey, the first read's open. I know this play. You're wrong here. You know, there was just it was a little all over the place. So I don't have tremendous faith in that Saints offense, but good enough to move the ball, control the clock, and do those things. And I think you you hit on it. I don't think there's a better defense in football the last five weeks of the year in the New Orleans Saints. It's dominating. It's kicking butt. You know, I, I don't know. If you had to pick one defense right now, Mike, I know the Steelers are in that conversation, but the Saints, I think, are right there with them. I'm going a little closer. I'm going to go 20-17 to 17 Saints. And, yes, okay, it's two and a half. I thought, man, am I right on there? I'm going to go 20-17 to 17 Saints in, in a close defensive battle. I'm surprised it's only two and a half. Aren't you? I – Yes, but I'm guessing that the way the Falcons' defense looks and the way Taysom Hill looked last week and the fact that the Falcons got to play Taysom Hill already a little bit, maybe Vegas looks at that as going advantage Falcons. They'll know what to expect in the Taysom Hill running game a little bit more, uh, I I guess. I guess. I I didn't expect it to be much more, but two and a half is low. Yeah. The 43-6 win by the Falcons last week over the Raiders, I think is a big factor right? in people thinking that the Falcons have figured something out, even if it was just the Raiders having a letdown and walking into a buzzsaw. Yeah, I think you're right. And the big thing is what you hit on, you know, it's, it's the Falcons defense was great. And I love that, but man, I mean, the Falcons defense was setting up the Falcons offense, like every drive. And there we were, they're kind of dominating the game, and the game's only 13-3 to or 16-3 to in the third quarter because the Falcons' offense couldn't score touchdowns and move the ball and take advantage of some of the situations they're in. And that's why I just can't pick them, and i got to go with the, the Saints there. All right, let's go to the next one. Ready this for this one? Let's do it. we got Lions, Darryl Bevel, the new interim head coach there, the Chicago Bears off their worst performance of the year, getting whooped by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Bears favored by three at home, over under 44 and a half. Is Mike Florio the believer in the interim head coach bump or the Matt Nagy, we played like crap speech on Monday? Where are you going? Well, Matt Nagy merely stating the obvious, and it's not like anything he says is going to make the Bears magically better. This isn't a team that underachieved in light of its overall talent. This is a team that achieved exactly what it was supposed to, getting its butt kicked by a better Green Bay Packers team. So I believe in the interim head coach bump, the artificial interim head coach bump, the, hey, we better play well for the interim coach and hope he gets the job because we don't want some new guy showing up and telling us all to hit the road. You throw on top of it that element, as I mentioned earlier today, of ding-dong, the witch is dead. I think the Lions win this game. I like the Lions, even though they're out of their dome, even though they're in Chicago. I like the Lions to win this game 20-17. to And Daryl Bevel starts his interim head coaching career 1-0, and moving the Lions to 5-7. and Okay, well, I have a 20-17 to the other way. I'm going Bears twenty to seventeen. You know, it's, wait, wait. It's a three point spread. So I'll change it. You got it. You got it. You got to pick one or the other. I'll pick go, a side of the fence. Yep. There. All right. I'll go 
20 to 16 Bears, okay? I don't think the Bears – I'm not going to give them an extra point. 20 might be way too much to begin with. So I'll take a point away from the, the Detroit Lions there. Uh, Mike, a lot of what you said makes sense. I don't know what to think about this game, really, in, the, in this sense. I mean, first off, the Lions' defense is not very good, but we know the Bears' offense is crap, too. So I don't know what to think of that matchup. The other side of the ball, I, I'm going to bet on the Bears' defense playing with a lot of pride this week. That was the crappiest performance we've seen them have, really, in the last three years. Uh, I don't think that'll sit well with that group. You know, I wish the Bears would just get – I heard Coach Dungy say, I wish they would just get on offense, get in the eye formation, run the ball, bootlegs, quarterback design runs, few play action passes, and just play defense and get the hell out of the way. All right? Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the Bears bounce back a little bit and find a way to win an ugly football game. You know, this just, to me, feels like a game of Detroit finds a way to screw it up. You know, it's Matthew Stafford, and it's all unraveling, and he'll throw a pick six in this game, or somebody will fumble. That's what I'm betting on, uh, but I have no great feel for this game. All right, good. Anything else you want to say about that one? I just think that this is one of those games where the Lions avoid it because they've got that lift, the yeah. Daryl Bevel lift. Yeah, I, I think which is dead lift, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there there is that, especially if the, the guy that got fired was not liked in the building. Everybody's going to be like, oh, man, this is better to come to work today or whatever. So there is something to that. All right. Colts favored by three points at the Houston Texans over under at 51. We know the Colts coming off a a loss to the Titans. Houston got that Thanksgiving win against the Lions. Um, Colts favored by three here. Interesting matchup because Deshaun Watson in that passing game is hot right now. Yeah, but no Will Fuller, who had 171 yards and two touchdowns against the Lions. I feel like that was the Super Bowl. That was the crowning moment for the Houston Texans. I find it hard to think they're going to sustain that momentum into this week, especially against a Colts team that is desperate to reestablish itself after getting bullied by the Tennessee Titans. When I talked to Ryan Tannehill after the Tennessee win, I said, you know, how weird is it to play a team that close in time to the last time you play them. He says, it's no big deal. They don't do a lot of exotic things. It's just physical. And today we were more physical. So I think the Colts are going to do everything they can to reestablish their physicality. If they get to force Buckner back, that's a huge lift. I just, I think that the fact that the Texans don't have a run game, nothing close to what the Titans have. That's right. That makes it easier for the Colts. And I think they'll have an easier time defending against Deshaun Watson. And look, I, I agree with you. Deshaun Watson doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he's done this year. But there are some games that they're just not going to be able to ride Deshaun Watson to victory in. They need something more. And without Fuller, and Kenny Stills is now gone. They released him within the past week. They just don't have the weapons around Deshaun Watson. And this is too much for him to do it on his own. I've got, let me make sure I have this right. I've got 27 Colts, 20 Texans. Yeah, um, I'm very similar to you. You know, I think you hit it when you said, you know, no Will Fuller. You know, no Kenny Stills, he's gone, no run game. And I know the Colts defense wasn't great last week, but that's just this is still a good defense. And DeForest Buckner, him playing, you know, if he plays, uh, uh, this game's an easier win for the Colts. If he doesn't play, maybe Deshaun Watson makes a few more plays and hangs around a little longer. That's kind of how I look at it. But uh, I, I just think that lack of the running game and them having to be such a pass team against this defense, that, that's not going to work. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, we, we know the Texans' defense is nothing special. Um, I'd like to see the Colts 
get back to being more effective in the run like we saw the last two years with the big blue wall in front of them and everything like that. Their run game has kind of disappeared, and I think they're going to need that coming down the stretch here you know, because they can't depend on Phillip Rivers throwing the ball 40 times a game to beat some of these better teams in the AFC. He can't stretch the field, and I wouldn't trust him. So if you can't stretch the field, what do you do? you got to start bringing everybody up a little closer. Get up here. Stop our run. Stop our run. Now those 15- and 20-yard throws might become 40-yard throws because of the way defense plays. But either way, I'm going with the Colts. I'm going 27-21, similar score to you. Uh, I just think they're the better all-around football team, and Watson won't be able to overcome that. All right. Now we go to Cincinnati, or we're going to Miami. We got Cincinnati at Miami. We don't know who's starting at quarterback yet. That bothers me a little bit. All right. Dolphins favored by 11 and a half. We got the Bengals playing um, with backup quarterbacks. They played tough last week, but like I said, Dolphins favored by 11 and a half, over under at 42 and a half. Mike, what say you? Do you have the Dolphins covering or not? Coach Brian Flores said on Thursday morning that they're not going to name their starter until Sunday. See, he's playing the game. He's taking full advantage of the Tuatonga-Vailoa injury, or as the case may be, injury. I think it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Bengals, one of the first teams Fitzpatrick played for. Actually, it was the second team he ever played for. He He was traded by the Rams to the Bengals, and he found out that he had been traded from Pro Football Talk. Every time I talk to him, he still brings that up, that uh, that's how he found out. Before the team, before his agent, before anyone, he saw it on PFT that he'd been traded to the Bengals. Uh, That's neither here nor there for these purposes. We are years removed from that, and I think the Dolphins are light years better right now than the Bengals since they don't have Joe Burrow. Dolphins continue their push toward the playoffs, 30-17. to I've got Miami winning. Yeah, Dolphins' defense is too good for me to ever pick the Bengals in this football game and not diversified enough to stress the defense like the Dolphins. I would feel a lot better if two. I mean, if Fitzpatrick's playing quarterback, I would. I think the short passing game, spreading them out, doing that stuff, would really affect the Bengals. We know the formula for Tua is very simple. It's going to be easier to prepare for. I'm betting on Fitz playing. I'm going 27-13. Dolphins win that football game. All right, Jacksonville at your Minnesota Vikings. He's back on the bandwagon this week, I think. I'm not sure what week it is. Jaguars are underdogs by 10.5 points, over under at 52.5. Not going to lie, I was surprised it was 10.5. I actually thought that was a little too much for the Vikings. Sorry. Uh, But what do you think, Mike? How's this go? I think it's too much also. I got the Vikings 31-23. Look, the Vikings have a long shot opportunity to get to the postseason. If they blow this one to the 1-10 in Jaguars, it's over. It's done. It's finito, as Pat Shermer once said. So Vikings win. It'll be a close game. The Jaguars keep it close. Mike Glennon getting another start. He almost beat the Browns over the weekend. 31-23, Vikings do enough to get it done, and then and then the plug gets pulled on their season next week when the Buccaneers blow them off the field with two weeks to get ready. But at least for now, they're still alive, and they get to 6-6 six and six with a 31-23 victory. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's, I can't pick Jacksonville either. I mean, you know, hey, it looked better with Mike Glennon last week, certainly. Their defense is what really scares me. And especially, you know, your Vikings, that run game, it's, it's damn good. It's special that way. Um, but I, I can't see the Vikings just blowing them out because I think Jacksonville's offense is pretty well-rounded. Jay Gruden's done a very good job down there. They can run the football effectively just against about anybody. And Mike Lennon, 
They've got a few weapons down there, and he's played some ball. They're not going to be, like, stagnant on offense. I'm going Vikings 28-24. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think I see it similar way. You're giving them an extra field goal or whatever, but I think the Jaguars will hang in there with them and and move the ball and score some points to go along with it, just not win the football game. All right, now Vegas at the Jets, the Raiders going to the East Coast. They got blown out by the Jets making a trip to the East Coast last year at this one o'clock time. It was a cold day, and the Raiders looked like they wanted to go back home and crawl under a blanket. Will they do that again? I hope not. They're favored by 7.5 at the Jets, over under at 47. How much do you have Vegas winning by? This is one of those where my knee-jerk reaction, because we were so sure last week that the Raiders would go to Atlanta and win and they get blown out, this is where we have a residual degree of being pissed off. Sorry, London. At the, the, wait, we're not on Thursday. No, London. no I don't know. That, so they can't bleep us. Screw so you, London. The hell with the apology. Pissed off, pissed off. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, I still I think that this is the ultimate litmus test for whether or not the Raiders are going to find a way to scrape something positive out of this season. Whichever Raiders team shows up, Jekyll or Hyde, either one should beat the Jets. Yes, I'm going to assume that. Raiders players have seen a healthy dose of Mr. Hyde all week in the form of John Gruden. And uh, as you've said, playing the game is a respite from having to listen to him. 34-13, to 13, Raiders beat the Jets. Whoa, okay. So you went strong there. All right. I- I'm not going to go as strong here. I'm a little, I guess, hey, Greg Williams, what he did to Gruden on defense last year, I think that's a personal matchup a little bit. Gruden had his way with Greg Williams a number of matchups before that. I don't know. I just think the the Jets' defense always plays pretty tough. Sam Darnold was underwhelming last week. He has got to play better. And, and it's not that he can't play better. The biggest problem with Sam Darnold is play a few games, get hurt, miss four or five games, then come back, and, oh, wait, it's not as good. Hold on, i got to get used to playing football again. And then it gets a little bit better. And, hey, I'm hurt again. And then he can never put it together to go, hey, let's see what this guy looks like when he gets into a groove of an NFL season. It's unbelievable. We're in year three, and we've never really seen him play a sustained period of time at quarterback for the New York Jets. It, it really is. I'm going with the Raiders, but I think because of those aspects and the fact that the Jets being a little healthier at receiver here lately and stuff like that, that they'll make a few plays. I'm going to go 28-20 Raiders in this one, um, but I could see it being a blowout. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel great about my score there, but I, I'm going to bet on the Jets keeping a little closer. All right, now we got a big one. Got a big, big, big. We're talking big here. We're talking running the football. We're talking muddy in the grass and three yards in a cloud of dust. Browns at Titans. Titans favored by six, over under at 53 and a half. Mike, how do you see this plan? I can't pick the Browns to beat a great team until they prove to us that they can beat a great team. It's that simple. I went all in with the Browns against the Steelers, and what happened? So I've learned the hard way. And I'm I'm willing to be wrong. Browns prove me wrong. Good, good, good for you, good for your fans if you beat the Titans. I'm not going to believe it until I see it happen. I've got Titans 34, Browns 20, because I think they are going to steamroll the Browns the way they steamrolled the Colts. It's just going to happen that way. And the Browns will still be 8-4, and four, 
They'll still be on track for the postseason. Everything will be fine. They actually have a chance to beat the Ravens the way the Ravens have been limping lately, and they'll be on a short week coming in to uh, play the Browns next week. So give me the Titans in this one, easily covering 34-20. to 20. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely give the advantage to the Tennessee Titans here too. You know, there's a few, a few reasons. Uh, first thing being, you know, we know Cleveland can run the football. We know that. It's a special run offense. I just don't know if the offense is diverse enough to really stress out the Tennessee Titans, which is a good defense, not a great defense. But the one thing the Titans do have, and like we saw with Baltimore, when they know you're like, oh, you're an all-run team and we can kind of figure out your pass game, they can stop the run, as we've seen. I mean, they can do that. They have a lot of big people on the, on the Tennessee Titan football team. So I think because of that, they'll be able to match up in the run game and the pass game, you know, lacks creativity. You've heard me say that about Cleveland. It's very basic. You know, it's like your Minnesota Vikings. If the run game doesn't work, it's like, uh-oh, wait, now we're not going to have the bootlegs and the play-action passes, and our drop-back pass game is not very good. I don't know if we can win. So I don't think that bodes well for them. The other side of the ball, you know, Cleveland's defense is, is to me, it's a good pass-rushing unit. They play hard, but it's nothing special. And I think you can run the football on them. There's no doubt about that. Their numbers are skewed. You heard me say this earlier today in the run defense category. They haven't really played very many run, good running football teams. So it looks better than what it is, at least to me, how I evaluate it on film and things like that. Because of that and all those factors, I'm going Titans 27-17. Uh, I, I think they will handle the Browns and, and, and obviously win this game you know, rather convincingly. And I hope I'm wrong. I want to see the Browns be successful. It's long overdue for the Browns to be a contending team. It's been 18 years since they've been to the playoffs. I hope they make it. But they got to beat a great team before I think they'll beat a great team. I hope I'm not wrong. I want to be right every time, and I hope you lose by 10, Cleveland. Wow. Uh, a little harsh. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. They're harsh Let's to me break. when I say something bad about them. So they can deal with it. It's all right. We're going to finish out the Sunday games, including the Sunday night game, because we got multiple primetime games to talk about on Monday and Tuesday. So we'll wrap up the rest of the Sunday slate when this joint edition of BFDPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Verizon, continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
I have a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. There's your weekday lineup on the NBC Sports Channel on the excellent Peacock streaming service. Begin your day with PFT Live and uh, then continue for Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, brother from another PFT PM. Mondays, it's the Safety Blitz and Tuesdays through Fridays, an hour of the dude with the Chia Pet hair in the lower right hand. Man, my oh. hair looks, that must have been like, um, <laughs> that must have been too, my hair looks greenish, right? And it looks like it's warm weather. It must be like a September night in in uh, South Bend at Notre Dame. Because I can tell, like, you know, because I got blonde hair, if I swim in the pool a lot in the summertime, it'll turn green. And it kind of looks greenish there as I look at that. It looks like you spent more than a few nights sleeping outside. Oh, that's thank you. Thank you. That's, that's so nice of you to In say. In your lawn chair after retox. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> then de- detox. You've done a lot of detox since that photo. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Take us through the rest of the Sunday games. All right. Here we go. We got, we got a good slate of afternoon games and, of course, our Sunday night football game with the Denver, uh, Denver Broncos and Kansas City Chiefs. All right. So according to points bet here, we got the Rams – Favored by three on the road against the Arizona Cardinals, over under at 48 and a half. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals struggling a little bit. Rams coming off an ugly win. Jared Goff wasn't great, right, Mike? So this is big for both teams. What do you think happens? I'm amazed by all of a sudden this tenuous relationship between Sean McVay and Jared Goff. McVay calls out Goff on Sunday for not taking care of the football. Then Monday, he's asked a very simple question. Do you consider benching Jared Goff? And instead of saying, get out of here, he's our franchise quarterback, he launches into this long answer that legitimizes the question. On Wednesday, Goff said, hey, I'm a big boy. I can take it as it relates to the criticism from Sunday, he wasn't asked about the awkward moment from Monday. Awkward moments could be coming if the Rams don't beat the Cardinals. But, Chris, you know, one of the hardest things for me to do is to abandon one of my darling teams. And the Cardinals had been one of my darling teams. But they've lost it. It's over. They've fallen off the bicycle. The Hale Murray made them think they won a championship when they were a long way from even getting to the postseason. I think that this is the weekend where it implodes for the Cardinals. I think the Rams win. I think the Rams cover. And I think the Cardinals become even closer to falling out of the playoff race. I've got it close, Rams 24, Cardinals 20, but I think it won't feel as close. I think that we're going to see further suffocation of the Arizona offense, and we're going to come away from the game when you look at The Seattle game, the Patriots game, and this game, we're going to be saying, all right, maybe next year for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, listen, even in the Hale-Murray game, I mean, that was a prayer. I mean, let's be serious. That that, that game was very close to for them being over their last four football games. You know, yeah, it's it's hard to pick Arizona right now. You know, their offense is struggling. I think we finally have realized... There needs to be more diversity in the Arizona offense. The spread offense in the NFL, it just ain't going to get it done. you got to have something else added to it. Not even somebody with the great skill set of Kyler Murray can overcome 
some of the deficiencies in that spread offense. There's got to be something to it. And when I say something to it too, Mike, I don't mean like, you know, people go like, oh, yeah, I saw them. He got underneath center three plays last week again. Yeah, that's not it. He, I, I need to see a full drive of him under the center with three tight ends in the game. Then I'll go, oh, their offense is diversified. Now a defense has to do other things to prepare for them. I just don't think there's enough there in their offense, let alone the Rams' defense matches up well with the personnel of the Cardinals. They have a fast front four. They can contain Kyler Murray. They're not going to have to blitz at all. They got a DeAndre Hopkins stopper and Jalen Ramsey. Let alone, like I said, I don't think the Cardinals' scheme is diverse enough and creative enough to expose that Rams' defense and everything that Brandon Staley coaches over there. I'm not a great lover of the Rams' offense either. The Rams are a defensive team. I know everybody thinks of like McVay. McVay, they're a run and defensive football team. They manage Jared Goff. They do. I think the Cardinals can slow down that Rams offense, but I see the game the same way you do. You know, ultimately the Rams, I think, are just a little bit better, a little tougher, and they'll find a win the game, find a way to win the game. I'm going twenty to seventeen, but like feel the same way you do. They're going to control the game throughout, but I just don't. You know, the Rams, I, they have a hard time making big plays at times, and I don't. Th- I don't think they'll blow them out. Kick a side. Oh, of the damn! Is it a three, three point, point spread? Okay, uh, make it 21-17 Rams, okay? 21-17 Rams. All right, there we go. Oh, we do thank see you the for game check- very, in very similar fashion then. Yeah, thank you for Have we disagreed on anything yet? I don't think we have. Oh, Chicago Detroit's our only disagreement so far. All right, going up to the Northwest, the Giants maybe without Daniel Jones, I'm betting that that will be the case at the Seahawks. Seahawks favored by 10 over under at 46 and a half. Mike, do you think the Giants cover that spread or not? No, but I can't rule out a garbage time Hail Mary, which (laughs) screwed up. Although, when we locked in, it was five, so it didn't affect my pick of the Seahawks covering last week. But someone who bet $500,000 on the Seahawks giving six and a half, that money went bye-bye for good thanks to that Hail Mary plus a two-point conversion. I got the Seahawks 35-24, barely covering. This isn't one that's going to fall into the best bets category for me just because I can't trust Seattle to really put the hammer down. But, uh, yeah, no Daniel Jones. I agree with you on that. Colt McCoy, even though he may be the fourth-best quarterback in the division, all due respect to Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. not good enough to keep it close against the Seahawks. Not with the Seahawks sensing division title, sensing still a possibility of the one seed. Yeah, I, I think so too. And added to that, Seattle defense we've seen now for three weeks in a row start to go, okay, it's a little better. You know, they lost that game to the Rams, but the defense wasn't the problem. You know, then of course, Arizona and Philadelphia defense played a lot better too. So, you know, I look at that aspect with Seattle and the Giants with Colt McCoy and the Giants are offensively challenged already. That's where I just like Daniel Jones, he, he, of course, is a really good thrower of the football, but his running, as we talked about on the show earlier today, it, it's a big threat for their offense. It helps out not only their pass game, but it helps their run game too because we've seen this year he can keep the ball in a read option play and go for a 70-yard, 60-yard run. I mean, he's capable of that. I just don't see how they create enough offense against Seattle. I think the Giants' defense can be a pain in the butt for the Seahawks, but just too much. Now that Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are both back healthy, I'm going Seahawks 27-13. to Kind of an ugly, they don't dominate and blow them out, but slowly just pull away and kind of win the game in that fashion. 
All right, you ready for the next one? Let's do it. Let's do it. Eagles at Packers. You've said all week, Eagles went up to Green Bay last year on a Thursday night and beat their butts. Packers favored by eight and a half, over under at 47, Mike. Can the Eagles keep it close, or are they getting blown out? I, I think that it will not be a good day for the Philadelphia Eagles. It will only continue the consternation. Now, it's an opportunity to change the narrative, to end all the talk about Doug Peterson's job security and how high up the ladder do the problems go and is there a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff but the Packers look what impressed me about Green Bay this past weekend was their ability to get started with energy they had struggled at home and they finally had a small smattering of fans 500 family and friends and at least having someone in the stands was enough to get them started early. And I think there's every reason to think they can start early again. They can score some points. Where's my final score here? 34 Green Bay, 21 Philadelphia. So I've got the Packers covering. I've got them winning easily. I don't know that it's going to be a best bet, but uh, you know the, the Eagles are in the, the process of slowly disintegrating, and that process is going to continue on Sunday. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, I do. I, 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 I don't. I feel like the Eagles match up decently with the Green Bay Packers, you know, and maybe last year's game is skewing my mind a little bit, but the size of their front, you know, their way their passing game is, you know, a lot of these short and, you know, the, 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 the Green Bay Packers will play a lot of blitz zones and things like that behind it. I think Philadelphia might be able to nickel and dime them a little bit and move the ball. And their offensive line, even though they're not a great running team, they got a size advantage for sure on Green Bay's D-line. That's what That was what worries me a little. And then Green Bay's offense, you know, it's good. We know that. It's not overly complex and crazy creative. It's about Rodgers making throws, getting them in the right play, doing those type of things. I think Schwartz will be on their, on their, their offense a little bit. I do. And I think Darius Slay being able to cover Devontae Adams man-to-man for at least some plays – Gives them an advantage, too. I'm going to go a close one here. I think the Packers win, but I'm going to pick 27-24, and I got Philadelphia covering there. I think they're going to hang around just for matchup purposes. Obviously not as good of a football team. How close? How close were you to picking the upset? You, you don't want to risk losing a game to me no. in the straight-up no. race. Yeah, That's there was why no... You're, being, you're going with the chalk. You've got the big lead, and you're just trying to ease the car into the garage. I'm not... It, it, like, the thought of them winning the game never crossed my mind. So, like, when I wrote it down, I went right to, okay, Packers, and then I just had to try to figure out the score. But, like, I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay right now and winning the football game. Maybe falling asleep at the wheel a little... You know, like they did a few weeks ago? I, I could see that happening. All right, here we go. Patriots going across country to play the Chargers. They're favored by one, over under 47.5. Interesting matchup. Cam versus Herbert. We're tearing Bill Belichick talk all about Herbert and how impressive he's, he is, which he is. Um, you think the Chargers can pull off an upset here, Mike? Oh, and Belichick also went on and on about the one-man wrecking crew known as Joey Bosa. Yeah. But Bosa didn't practice on Wednesday with a shin problem. He's always a little banged up. Right? He's always on that edge of not being healthy. But the, the, the Patriots have figured something out. And it's just do what you have to do to score more points than the other team. It's resilience. It's grit. It's determination. It may not be enough to get to the playoffs. But they win this game. They get the 500. 
Can you believe it? As bad as they were not that long ago, the idea right. of being 6-6 six and six going into the stretch run, they've got the two games back-to-back in L.A. I'd be very nervous about playing them on Thursday night if I were the Rams, especially if they beat the Chargers. And look, the thing about the Chargers, the one consistent thing they have, other than Justin Herbert, who's been consistently good, they've just consistently lost close games. Yeah. And uh, I, I think this is just a game the Patriots win, 23-17, However it happens, may not be pretty, it won't matter. Six and six is in the offing for the Patriots as they try to get the seven seed. And, man, I don't want to be the two seed that welcomes the Patriots into town for a wild card game that in any other year would have been a week off. It ain't going to be a week off if you get the Patriots right out of the game. No, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be a week off for anybody in the AFC. I don't care where you are. I mean, unless you're just the one seed and you truly got the week off because – yeah, I mean, you know, like we've been talking about, the damn AFC is good. It really is. Uh, I think you said a lot of the right things. You know, the Chargers are not a real good run offense. So uh, that plays into the, the, the Patriots' hands on defense. And the Patriots, of course, have the secondary to slow down Herbert and company and make life hard on them there. So I don't love that aspect for the Chargers' offense. On the other side of the ball, you know, I think the Chargers' defense – you know, they have an issue stopping the run. Now, there's less of a pass game to worry about with the Patriots than any other team you play just about all year. So you can go, hey, instead of one extra egg in the let's stop the run basket, let's put another egg in there to stop it. But either way, I think it's a force in that run game, and I don't think the Chargers are big enough up front to slow it, slow it down totally. I'm going real low scoring, defensive struggle, Patriots 17-13 win it on the road and I'm thinking about the under on that one as one of my best bets that's uh, on the radar for me all right Sunday night football Broncos Chiefs my homie your homie my homie your homie whenever he's on I watch I know that and everybody should Patriots I mean Patriots Chiefs favored by 14 over under at 51 Mike do you think Vic Fangio and company can slow down Mahomes oh well Yes, but will they? They can. The question is, will the Chiefs be in a mode where they can be slowed down? Will they be the team that we saw after they had the great first half against the Buccaneers? Will they be fully locked in and focused? We haven't seen a lot of Chiefs in prime time recently. Maybe just that mere fact that they'll be on for everyone to watch will be reason for them to to find the gas pedal and have a big game. I just can never trust the Chiefs to show up against a team that isn't a great team, that doesn't get them fully and completely focused and locked in. That's where I'm concerned. I'm also concerned, though, on the other side of the coin about the Broncos. You know, we, we've heard a lot of public comments about what happened last week with the no quarterbacks, and I almost feel like Vic Fangio has gone too far in criticizing his quarterbacks because I think privately the Broncos understand what happened last week and aren't nearly as upset as Fangio would seem to be, and I just wonder whether that affects the locker room at all, whether or not you've got guys who who maybe aren't as committed now to trying to help Fangio save his job if his job is even on the line. I just I just wonder about the overall dynamics within the organization after the ugliness of the last week. I'm going to go 42-21 Chiefs over Broncos just because I think the Chiefs will be sufficiently awake for this game because it's in prime time. It's at home. Uh, and the Broncos have some dysfunction on top of the fact that they aren't that good right now. So 42-21, probably not a best bet. 
but but definitely a game that I feel semi good about. Definitely the Chiefs win. Yeah. The question is by how many. Yeah, I, I think that's the the right way to say it. Uh, you know, I first off, I hope Vic Fangio is not on the hot seat or anything like that. I, I really don't. I don't think that deserves to be a, a conversation yet. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying he's no. Be. I know I, with the Broncos, you never know. No, you're right. You never know, and that seems to be you're not. You know, I've I've seen it other places too. It's it's obviously a conversation out there. Um, I got a lot of faith in the Vic Fangio defense, and the fact that you know this will be the fourth time he gets to see Andy Reid within the division in the last two years. All those things. I just have a hard time thinking they're going to let the Chiefs go off and just go bomb shows, points galore, all of those type of things. The thing that, honestly, that scares me to making that happen maybe is the Broncos' offense messing it up, kind of like we saw in the first time, whether that's special teams or interception returns and fumble returns. We've seen the Chiefs do that to the Broncos a little bit over the last two years. I'm going to just go Drew Locke back from COVID-19, his butt is on the line right now if he wants to be the starting quarterback. I'm going to say they hang around. Just hang around. I'm going Chiefs 28-17, so I got the Broncos covering. But I think the defense will at least limit the damage Mahomes and company do. All right, that's it for the Sunday games. We've got three primetime games Monday and Tuesday. We'll pick those when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continues right after this. Three primetime games Monday and Tuesday. Our analysis of those games here on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton, presented by Verizon. Chris, take us through the action. All right, here we go. Points Bet Sportsbooks got the football team as eight and a half point underdogs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Over under at 43 and a half. Man, I got to think the Steelers are going to be pissed off with the way they played. Mike Tomlin's going to be all over their butts this week. But this Washington defense is good. Mike, do you think the Steelers will cover that eight-and-a-half-point spread? Because I know you're going to pick them to win. Can you imagine the things that Tomlin will be saying during the film review from the Wednesday game against the Ravens? He was so upset in his four-minute press conference after the game. I wouldn't want to be in that room when Tomlin unloads on all the various players in every phase of the game who screwed things up for the Steelers. But they're 11-0. They're on the way to 12-0. I think they win. It will be like every other game this year, except for the two when they blew out the Browns and the Bengals. But it'll be close. It'll be back and forth, maybe. It won't be an easy one. I still think the Steelers, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be another garbage time touchdown like, like Wednesday, and they're not going to cover. But for now, I'm going to say Steelers 27, Washington 16. Steelers cover. I have very little confidence in the Steelers covering the spread. High confidence in the Steelers getting to 12-0. and So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, my, my confidence in getting them to 12-0 and is, is, is way up there, too. Yes, covering the spread, I don't think that should go along with the Steelers' mantra this year. Uh, I, I can't do that. I mean, we've seen their offense be too stale at times and everything like that. And they're one-dimensional against a really, really damn good Washington football team defense. I mean, really good. And their front four, I, they're, they're not going to ever have to blitz the whole game. They'll be able to rush four, drop seven, play all coverage, stop the short throws, stop the deep throws, do all that type of stuff. So with that, I think they're going to make things very hard on the Steelers' offense. And I understand that the Washington, Washington offense is nothing special, but with Alex Smith, the way he takes care of the football, 
Antonio Gibson, the way they can run the ball a little bit. I think Washington will hang around. I do. I you know, it'll be I wouldn't be shocked if it looks a lot like it did the other night with the Steelers. I'm gonna go Steelers twenty three seventeen. They win the game, they're the better team, but they don't blow them, blow them out and just make us feel like they're in another class from the Washington football team. I think it's a tough matchup for for the Steelers. Yeah, I, you're giving me even more doubts about it, but I'm sticking with it, 27 16. Don't listen to me because uh, every time I feel like you end up switching and listen to me, then we end up I'm both being switching. wrong. So you jinx switching. both of Hands us. Hands off the checker. Good. Hands uh, off the good. checker. I've already made my pick. All, All right. right, good. Here we go. Monday night, Buffalo, Bills. Hey, Bills defense, they're kind of showing showing up here lately. Favored by one against the 49ers who are looking damn good themselves, but they have to deal with this whole Arizona playing there, bull crap. I don't know what to expect. Uh, Bills favored by one, over under at 48. Where do you think this goes, Mike? Well, to me, this is as simple as who can run, who can't, who can stop the run, and who can't. And I think that 49ers running game, we've seen it before against the Patriots, how it just bedevils the defense. And all year long, that Bills rush defense has been a liability. And and, and I the move to Arizona, look, these are professionals, and yeah. they're going to be locked in. They're going to be focused. All they're going to be doing is studying their playbooks and playing video games, and they're going to be ready to go, and they'll take out their aggression, and I think Kyle Shanahan will be very good at channeling their aggression toward the opponent. And uh, I, I think the 49ers will win this game. And, and since they're a one-point underdog, I don't have to make it a huge margin. I can go 49ers 21, Bills 20. That's what I'm picking. I think the 49ers win, and they continue to make a late push for a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, you, you hit on it. I mean, the 49ers run game is special, and especially now that both receivers are back. You know, everybody's got to look at last week. Debo Samuel had 100 yards receiving. It wasn't really receiving. It was toss the ball four inches in front of me, and he caught it on reverses. It was run plays. So it's very skewed that way. And when Shanahan has Ayuk and Debo Samuel to go with Mostert and his run game, watch the F out. That's when they get scary to me. And yet the Bills defense has been better. But, yeah, I don't know if it can match up with all the things Shanahan does in the running game without even compromising themselves a little bit to where, hey, the 49ers and their play-action pass game and that stuff can gash you too when you overplay the run game. So I, I, I like that aspect in the favor of the 49ers, even though I think that Bill's defense will hang tough. They're not just going to get blown out. The other side of it, I just, yeah, the 49ers up front, you know, the scheme, Richard Sherman back, everything like that. Jason Verrett's playing awesome on the other side. You know, I don't, I don't know if I trust the Bills can run the ball effectively enough against a defense like the 49ers. That's still, this is one of the five best defenses in the game. I'm going 49ers, 24-21. You said it. I mean, Shanahan and the 49ers have seemed to be able to handle all distractions, and I don't think this move to Arizona is going to affect them either. So I'm going with them to pick the uh, to, to win the game in an upset. Okay, here we go. Dallas Cowboys at Baltimore. It seems like forever since the Cowboys played a football game. It was Thanksgiving, though. Baltimore favored by seven. We think Lamar Jackson will be back. I guess we don't know. Calais Campbell, we don't know that yet either. All of that. Uh, I know you got the Ravens winning, but how much do you got them winning by? Yeah, look, the Ravens impressed me by what they did last night against the Steelers. They'll have more time to get ready for this, assuming there are no further incidents or outbreaks with the Baltimore Ravens. I like Baltimore. And 
Lamar Jackson should be back Sunday, Monday at the latest. I don't know how much practice he'll actually have. How much does he actually need, though? The Cowboys were so bad on Thanksgiving. They've been so bad all year long. I've got Ravens 28, Cowboys 20. I think that Des Bryant factor, if nothing else, and regardless of what his production is, I think it gives the Ravens a little bit of a, of a, of a goose. It gives them a little something to, to get their mind off of the COVID issues because Des is going to be so emotional about playing the Cowboys. And this is it for the Ravens. They're 6-5. and five. They have to win this game or they are going to be potentially done for uh, any consideration to get to the postseason. They've got to, and they've got games left that they should be able to win. You look at the rest of their schedule, they should be able to go on a run here and at least get to 10 wins, but they have to beat the Cowboys to start that process. 28-20, I've got the Ravens. Yeah, they they got to keep pace with the Colts, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it, you know, basically. You just got to stay within striking distance of them because they win that tiebreaker because of the head-to-head matchup there. That'll be significant for them at some point. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I, I think I really the Ravens. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all these current events really kind of bring them together and make them better and stronger and more pissed off and feel like more of the world's against them and they're getting no respect. I think they'll play that whole card here. I I would be shocked if we don't see the Ravens play some better football and kind of go on a run here at the end of this season. I really would. The Cowboys, you know, the way their run defense looked on Thanksgiving with Washington. And I know Washington did some trick plays and was creative and all that, but I just think it's too much. They can't match up with the Ravens' offensive personnel in the run game. I don't think they have enough size to stop the Ravens' run game. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, as we you just talked about, the Ravens' secondary, it's special. I mean, it's special. So I think they can, yeah, obviously stop that pass game, stop the Cowboys' run game. I'm going with the Ravens to, like, control the football game 28-17. to 17. All right, best bets for week 13 when we wrap up this Thursday edition of CFPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Verizon. Well, it's going to be difficult for me to eat into the big lead that Chris has built straight up because we only disagree on one game this week, the Chicago-Detroit game. One of the more boring games of the week, but at least it's a little more interesting for our purposes. Now it's time to get to the money. Not literally, but as close as possible. If you're looking for some information, some insights, some ideas for your own wagering, where legal or otherwise, here are our best bets for the week. Chris. You you get to go first this week. Who okay. All right. I'll go first. Um, I'm I'm gonna go first. The first one I'm going the Seattle Seahawks. That's that's the one that makes sense to me. Uh, the way their defense has played as of late, I don't think Daniel Jones will be able to go. I don't think Colt McCoy will be ready for this, and I just don't know if the Giants' offense has enough in the run game, pass game to back the Seahawks off. I do think the Giants' defense can hang around and make things a little annoying for the Seahawks, but eventually the dam breaks there. I'm going to ride Seattle and that they go uh, cover that that 10-point spread. My first best bet, New Orleans Saints giving two and a half to the Falcons. It was a little fluky last week for the Falcons to beat the Raiders the way they did. The Saints have the Falcons number. 
The Saints have a great defense. They have a diverse offense that is finding its footing with Taysom Hill. Maybe the Falcons will force Taysom Hill to throw, and maybe he will to Michael Thomas and anyone else who may be open. I like the 49 I like that 49ers. I like the Saints to win the game by more than two and a half points. Yeah, all right. I, I, I hear you there. I thought about even with going with the under in that one a little bit because I could see that being a defensive score or a defensive struggle a little bit. All right, my next one. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I know people out there are going, what? You're going to go with the Eagles? Eight, eight and a half point dogs against a Green Bay team I think they match up well with. I think their front is going to be able to stop Green Bay's run game. And when I say their front without secondary help, and I think they're going to be able to cover Green Bay a little bit too. I do. And I think the dink and dunk offense, the passing game, actually fits well to beat Green Bay's defense. I'm going to go Philadelphia covering that eight-and-a-half spread. Uh, I got them losing 27-24. The Raiders, after getting embarrassed by the Atlanta Falcons, will not let that happen again. This is a huge bounce-back game, and it's against the Jets. Seven-and-a-half, not nearly enough. Take the Raiders, giving the points, and uh, that's number two for me. What's number three for you? Number three for me, I'm going to Underville. All right, I'm taking under. I'm going to the Patriots-Chargers game, and I'm taking the under in that one. I just I, I don't see how either offense scores a lot of points. I just would be shocked. Uh, I don't see how Justin Herbert and the pass game are going to go off against this Patriots defense in their secondary, and you know their run game never goes off. So I'm not expecting that to happen. And I, I think the Patriots, as usual, are just going to try to run the ball three, four, five yards at a time and do that type of stuff, and just throw the ball when they feel like they really have to. It'll be ugly. But I just I got seventeen thirteen Patriots. I, I don't see a lot of points here. Forty seven and a half is the over under. I, I'm torn between the Patriots and the 49ers. Belichick and future Belichick. <laughs> and 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 I, I have just a little more faith in the Patriots because the window is open for them. They've been winning. The Chargers always find a way to lose. And I think the Chargers what when, when Anthony Lynn says to the Chargers, playoffs probably aren't in the cards this year. That's the indication. It doesn't matter anymore. Well, it matters for the Patriots. Patriots are my pick. That's it for PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Verizon. We'll see you next time. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.